0: This is Empower, the podcast that motivates you to start living your best life as your best self. My name is Mahi Sorensen, I'm a former lawyer turned podcast host, content creator and now your personal hype woman. Thank you so much for joining me where we chat all about growth, goals and living with intention. No matter how life is feeling for you today, this time is yours so let's make it count. How is everyone doing? It has been an intense few weeks, I think for all of us. I swear almost everyone I'm speaking to at the moment is either really sick or really tired or really burnt out or really overwhelmed. Maybe it's the fact that we're coming into winter, I don't know, but more than ever it's like we're all just really busy with life. Maybe it's a grown up thing, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, I digress. There's a few things I really want to get into for today's episode and I've been wanting to do an episode on time management because God knows I need it right now but I had a look back on some of the topics that you wanted me to speak on this year and finance really was a big one so that is what we are talking about today and specifically we are going to talk about money and mental health. Because I think we underrate the impact of money on our mental health, or maybe we don't underrate it, maybe that's not the right thing to say, but we definitely don't talk about it. There's lots of shame associated with money and finances, and in many circles and situations, it's still very much frowned upon to even bring up the topic. Some people are still really sensitive about salaries and talking about how much they make it work. And actually, the exact same thing could be said about mental health. Many people don't want to talk about it. And yes, the world is progressing. And yes, these conversations are finally being normalized and brought out into the open, which is fantastic. But there is still a really long way to go. And for many of us, like for myself, I would consider myself super progressive. I'm all about sharing everything, especially if it is like for the benefit of the greater good of the world. But sometimes even certain conversations still make me uncomfortable. And I know it's more because that is what society has like drilled into us. And I wish it wasn't the case, but it is the case. So let's talk about it today anyway, because the more that we talk about it, the more normalized it is. And let's be honest, these conversations are just going to keep happening and hopefully happening more often as we move into the future. Point of the episode is that mental health and financial wellness are deeply interconnected, so let's get into it. And I'm not going to dwell on this point, but it does need to be said, times are tough right now. And we know this, if you watch the news or listen to the radio or read news articles online, you will know this. And yes, it is absolutely outrageous what's going on with the cost of living at the moment in New Zealand and across the globe. There is no denying it, shit is expensive at the moment. Life is expensive at the moment, and. I'm so far from a conspiracy theorist, but let's just be real for a second. There is a degree of media sensationalism to all of these stories that we hear about all the time. I'm not saying that there isn't some truth to it. Obviously there is, we know that. But what I'm really complaining about right now is the sensationalism because it impacts us. That's what really impacts our mental health and the mental health of those that absorb this information and absorb these stories. Like I think a lot about how... We headed into the very first COVID lockdown and all of the economists that were writing articles for New Zealand Herald and stuff and, you know, all of those people were saying that house prices were going to drop and the market was going to slow down. And actually the total opposite thing happened. Likewise, we've been hearing for months now that we're heading into a recession and then we're not heading into a recession and then we are heading into a recession. And I'm not an economist, so I'm not even going to give my own opinion about whether I think any of that is true, because I have no idea. But you know what I am sure about? No one can tell the future. And what we also know is that stressing too much about the future is of no use to us, especially when the amount that we stress about it, or the fact that we are even stressing about it at all, has no bearing on what will actually happen. Like, I can stress about the fact that we could be heading towards a recession, but the amount that I'm stressing about that will have no impact on whether or not we actually do. And the reason I'm talking about this, and again, this is just what I think and feel, so take it as a grain of salt if you wish, but if we are already feeling anxious or concerned or overwhelmed or nervous about our own individual financial situations, as we are all living through increasing living costs... I don't think it is of any help to our mental health to be constantly fed stories about how everything is going to get a whole lot worse, or on the flip side, how everything is going to get a whole lot better in a few weeks or months or years. Like, Unless someone can come to me and give me the lotto numbers and I can win millions of dollars on Wednesday, I need to treat everything that I read with a grain of salt because there's always an agenda right and sometimes that agenda is just needing more people to click on a link and I'm not going to go too hard on that because I feel like that's probably harder than I would prefer to have gone anyway but (laughs) such is life. I think what it does do is take away our focus from the current moment and it sends us into the future which is quite honestly just full of what ifs. And I'm speaking for myself too, like the amount of times that I have read something or heard something or even just thought something up myself and then spent hours of my life worrying about it and panicking and freaking out and stressing over a situation that was completely out of my control and then eventually be like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Like when I was 18 and starting the process of applying for my student loan to study, and I had calculated how much my student loan would be at the end of my studies. And then I calculated how long it would take me to pay it off. And because I didn't have much of a concept of many real life things, like salary expectations and changing careers and so on, I calculated that my student loan wouldn't be paid off until I was 38, which is the reality for many people, like do not get me wrong. And I knew that much. And I spent An entire day, absolutely losing my marbles, full blown panic attack, huge freak out, crying to my parents about it, all of this stuff. And then by the end of it, I just reached a point where I was like, you know what? What can I do right now in this moment? No matter how much I freak out about this, I can't do my degree without a student loan, which is the case for most students. So rather than freaking out about the prospect of having a student loan hanging over my head for 20 plus years, on that day and in that moment I actually just had to make a choice. Either I choose not to study and then I don't need to worry about the stress of a student loan or I accept that I can't study without taking out a student loan and also reframe my mindset and be grateful that I live in a country where I can access an interest-free student loan and understand that my student loan is going to help me get my degree. Obviously I went with the latter and for the record my student loan will be paid off after 10 years and yes it is still a long time but I was freaking out over a 20-year student loan, which was actually never going to be my reality. But it is so easy to get caught up in these thoughts and start spiraling, and that is the impact that money can have. Money does have that impact on all of us. I know for many of us, nothing causes more stress than money. Financial stress can leave us in unhappy relationships or unfulfilling jobs. It can leave us feeling like we are barely treading water or continuously digging ourselves deeper into a hole that we're simultaneously trying to climb out of. It's exhausting and overwhelming and all of the things. And I found recently that we are also getting bombarded with messaging about how we should be making more money and finding ways to make more money. But it is very hard to do that when you're already exhausted, just trying to get by. And also, actually, I haven't ever spoken on this before before, But I personally have a huge problem with the predatory nature of a lot of these, if we're being real about it, online pyramid schemes that lure in women on the premise that they can leave their nine to five job and retire early and retire their family and live well, but there's no actual information available and it's all very shady. And then eventually you hear that people were expected to pay up thousands of dollars initially to participate in the first place. That makes me sick. And I haven't spoken on it because I know that there is a portion of my listeners and my followers who were a part of this. And if you were one of these people, I want you to know that I am not judging you for it because I recognize that when we are struggling and something that appears to be a good opportunity is waved in front of our face, it is very hard to pass it up. But I certainly take great issue with the people who set up these schemes and promote it to vulnerable communities. It's predatory, it's disgusting, it's seriously unethical, and it's, yeah, it's really disappointing. And it is also a good example of how easy it can be for someone to take advantage of us when we are feeling vulnerable due to our own difficult financial situations. When you're worried about finances, and I know this from experience, it's always got almost all of your attention. That worry is constantly there. And the problem is that because there is so much shame around money, It's sometimes more comforting to suppress the problems, to live in denial and pretend it's not happening, and then the problem snowballs, and that's the case with anything you're in denial about, no matter what it is, money, mental health, something that's not quite right at work, in your family life, with your friends, denial feels nice until it doesn't. The comfort is fleeting, and eventually once the problem has snowballed so much that you can't deny it any longer, it is exponentially worse than what it was at the start. And no one likes that feeling. I felt that feeling. I never want to go back there. So what do we do to make sure that we are, one, managing our finances as we should be no matter what financial situation we are in, but also, two, managing our finances in a way that puts our overall mental health first? As many of you know, I have a DeskBird standing desk and I love it. I am at my desk pretty much all day, most days, and hand on heart, it is one of the best investments I've ever made. And with my underdesk treadmill, I can seriously hit 10,000 steps a day in less than two hours without leaving my office. So I'm not joking when I say I cannot imagine life without it now. The good people at DeskBird have given me a discount code which will get you $40 off any DeskBird desk purchase. That code is MIHI, M-I-H-I, plus you get free shipping New Zealand wide and a 10-year one warranty so make sure you head over to their website desperd.co.nz and check them out the link is in the description the first thing we have to do is face it it's the hardest part it is the hardest part often and stop living in denial you know like I've already said it is the worst thing in the world that you can do for yourself by pretending that there isn't a problem and the sooner that you can acknowledge that there is whatever that is You know, I don't know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in your life. If there is something that you have maybe subconsciously, but kind of actively as well been putting off, don't want to deal with it or deal with it another time, deal with it now. Now is the time. If you leave it any longer, it will get worse. So that's the first step. Stop living in denial, face whatever it is that's going on. Second step is identifying where the biggest kind of pain points are. If you're in debt, how much debt are you in? In fact, this is kind of hard as well. I guess one and two are probably the hardest steps, okay? (laughs) And I can laugh about it, but I know it's not funny. It is crippling when you are in debt and you can't see a way out. But again, the only way that you can deal with the problem is identifying it and acknowledging that it exists in the first place. So second point, you want to look at the biggest issues for you, the things that you have the most trouble dealing with, whether it's debt, whether it's budgeting, whether it's Allocating your money in a way that works for your family, especially if you have a joint account. And then the next step, step three, is kind of, I'm not going to say it's the fun part. I'd be like, none of this is fun if we're being honest, but it is important. And what I want you to do is to consider how you want your future to be in terms of a stress free financial situation. What does that look like to you? Because it looks different to everyone. Everyone. How much money do you need to be making or how much money does your household need to be making in order for you to be able to cover the bills and live stress-free and maybe have a little bit of disposable income, but overall not be dealing with the things that are severely impacting your mental health right now. What does that future look like? And then the next step, step four, is make a plan. Make the plan that you need to make in order to get from where you are right now to that stress-free financial future. And yes, you will probably have to be patient and there is a chance that it will take years and that is the way it's gonna be. But if you start today, you will be closer in a year's time than if you do nothing at all, okay? And you deserve to live stress-free in the future and your family deserves to live that way as well. So in making your plan, you wanna deal with your debt first and you wanna minimize it as quickly as possible. Maybe you will use the snowball method, that's what I use, to get rid of the smallest debts as quickly as possible and work your way up. Maybe rather than that, you want to look at getting rid of your debt that is incurring the highest interest rates, fair enough. Maybe it's worth considering consolidating your debts, especially if you have a number of kind of smaller debts that are spread across different lenders and what is realistic to you. Then I want you to look at your sources of income and consider where the opportunities are. Is there an opportunity for you to ask your employer for a pay rise? Is there an opportunity for you to consider a second source of income? Could you start a side hustle? Are there unnecessary expenses in your life that you could cut out that would actually make a significant difference to your weekly or fortnightly income? And what I will say also is if you're like, I will pick up a second job, or I will start a side hustle, think really carefully about that, because I know for me anyway, like the ways that I have been able to make the biggest jump in terms of my income has been pay rises in my normal nine to five job. I have had a side hustle that has been monetizing probably for like a year now. But in terms of the working to earning ratio, does that make sense? Like I have had to work so much harder (laughs) in My business on the side, and you know, doing the podcast and content creation and earning money in that way, I have had to work so much harder than working in my day job like a hundred percent. I know that's not the case for many people, but I think sometimes, especially lately, we hear this whole like starting a side hustle and make like X amount per month. It is romanticized, and I'm just being honest with someone that does do both. It was way easier for me to get a pay rise in my normal job than it was or that it is making money in my side hustle. So it's just something to think about. And another important aspect of the plan is having a plan B. What are the actual strategies that you have in place to make sure you don't end up in the same situation that you are in right now? What can you do to mitigate the risk of falling into the same traps? Do you need someone to be accountable to? Do you need to lock your accounts? Do you need your accounts hidden from your banking app? Do you need to open up a whole new bank account with a completely different bank and not use the mobile banking app for that account and just set up an automatic transfer straight out of your main account as soon as you get paid? If you work for yourself, do you need to think about an additional, more consistent form of income that is coming through regularly so that you don't need to worry about whether your business is making enough money to just cover the bills? Do you need to get comfy being uncomfy and regularly checking your bank statements? That is what I needed to do. Do you need to start budgeting? There's all of these things, right? All of these things to think about. Because the reason that poor money management becomes what feels like a never-ending cycle is because often we haven't actually developed strategies to stop ourselves from falling back into that cycle in the first place. And that can be for a number of reasons. If you fall into this category, it is not your fault. But the impact, because that's what we're talking about here, right? The impact that this has on our mental health and our sense of self-worth and our confidence and feeling like we know how to like stay in control of our life, it's massive, especially when you feel like you're doing your absolute best and it's not enough and you can't understand why. So you really want to make sure that you have those strategies in place and that you've actually thought about them because as much as we would want the plan to go exactly as we want it to, it's just not the way that life works sometimes. And that leads me really nicely into the last point Which is related to the emotional, mental health, mental well-being, mindset stuff. Be intentional about developing coping mechanisms that work for you. Things won't always go to plan, but we need to be able to harness enough resilience to get through it and make it out the other side. We all have to navigate difficult financial situations at some point in our lives more than once. And that's got nothing to do with how much money we make or not. So we need to figure out a way to get through it and knowing yourself, learning yourself and your pressure points and what helps you through difficult situations will make a difference. Times are challenging at the moment and most of us are feeling the pinch. It's really easy to get overwhelmed with rising costs that are in your face 24-7, but there are always things that you can do to navigate difficult financial situations that help Not only your bank account, but also your brain. And there's also a lot of support out there, no matter what your financial circumstances are. If you need help with budgeting or paying off debt or buying a house or investing or understanding your KiwiSaver or figuring out what insurances you need, I will add a link to the episode description if you want to check out some of those support services that I've just found really quickly on Google. But I suggest you also look into that yourself if it's something that you're interested in or something that you really feel like you need to do. And you'll know if you have that feeling because if you're sitting there thinking, oh, maybe I should speak to an advisor or maybe I mm, do it, please. <laughs> A lot of these services are free. So take advantage of them. If you need them, take advantage of them and know that you are never alone. You can always reach out for help. And the sooner that you do that, the better. Like you will thank yourself for it. One day you will look back and you will thank yourself and you will be so pleased that you put yourself first and sought out help where you needed it. Anyways, that is all I have got for you today. So on that note, I will love you and leave you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that you take time out of your day to listen to me. So make sure you do something kind for yourself today and I will chat to you next week.